Welcome to Paradox Shootbox, an unconventional podcast for the unconventional music lover, brought to you by Music on the Move Studios, a woman-led company working to help musicians move their careers forward through education and live events. I'm your host, Katie Thompson. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Have I got a special freaking interview for you guys. Okay, so attention musicians attention music industry people, attention anybody who is a songwriter, attention, 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 get a freaking notepad and a pen or whatever kind of note-taking app it is that you guys are all like about these days. I have one on my iPad and I like to save trees. Anyway, this particular episode is so freaking good that I am chopping it into two Parts so that you can really digest the content that's being given to you. All of this information is super, super important for those of you who are songwriters or just beat makers, anybody that records music and wants to monetize it. Today's guests are literally the embodiment of what it means to be sync writing machines. I mean, freaking machines. Nate Cornell and Donna DeSapo, they are the founding members of Syncology Music, and this is literally their business. They write music to sync in film, TV, advertising, you name it, they do it. And they work with bigger artists too, okay? They, it's not just all about writing for TV and advertising. They, they actually write for many different artists, and, but they also get sync deals out of all of those artist cuts, right? So what I can just, if, if I can just impress this upon you, if you want to monetize your music, you need to listen, and you need to listen so closely, Now, a couple of the things that you're going to get out of this episode, okay? You're going to see all of the different kinds of genres that Nate and Donna will write in. And in part two, I'm going to play even more music for you. So we're going to probably have at least three clips of music in today's episode and probably about the same in next week's episode. But you need to pay attention to these different styles because they none of them are the same. They write completely different music all across the board And this is how they make their living, okay? So without any further ado, the first song that I'm going to play for you is a song by Nate Cornell called Crush It. And this song is freaking fire. And I want to pump you up. I want to get you excited. So here it is, Crush It by Nate Cornell of Syncology Music. Yeah. 
Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, everyone. My name is Katie. I am your host. And with me today, I have Donna and Nate of Syncology. How are you, friends? Good. How are you doing? Thanks. How are you? I am doing well. Things are crazy. Um, But yeah, so I'm just, I am so excited to have the both of you on the podcast today. Thank you for being here. Really appreciate you letting us come on. Pleasure. Absolutely. So tell us about Syncology and what it is that the both of you do. Yeah. I'm Um, actually going to let Nate uh, take that because he's the one that had the idea. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Syncology is kind of, um, we, we're both songwriters. We had worked together for a couple of years prior. Um, I do production as well. And so we thought it just makes sense uh, since we were writing so many songs together to give one more uh, opportunity to get the songs out there. We had worked with other non-exclusive publishers before, um, but we thought, you know, we we can represent our own songs as well and and make some of those touch points. And so it was kind of, um, yeah, I don't want to say invention, but out of necessity, but that kind of idea is like, why not? You know, we, we do so much together. Um, and I think that model might start becoming more popular, honestly, people, um, I don't know. There's a lot of administrative stuff that creatives don't necessarily love to do. So I think partnerships (laughs) between, uh, people who deal more with the administrative and and producers and and I see it a lot with producers especially since they have so much content that they're always making. Um, I think that's going to be a popular thing going forward. Uh, I just see that. Yeah, and and it opened up opportunities also for the other writers that we've worked with in the past. So it's just another um, like really a value add. So the more you start building those relationships and even some of the people you write with can also become music supervisors, which Donna Britton is one of them. And, and that led us to an independent uh, movie cut, which got us uh, nominated for an HMMA award, which we spoke about at the last one. So yeah. those are really uh, exciting things that can happen because it's evolutionary. You never know, yeah, you never know where your relationship is yeah. going to, you know, and it was just really very seamless. And it was actually during uh the height of covid like would you like to do something like i thought you'd never ask so well it's a good time to uh, i think a lot of a lot of people can relate to this during covid it seemed like a good time to try something new you know like the things were kind of suspended for a bit so you had the opportunity to kind of take a breath evaluate what what you are doing and what has been working and then what you could be doing and this was kind of one of those things it's like oh now might be a good time to start a venture like this. Yeah. So that's that's really that. Um, and in terms of individually, uh, prior to that, you know, Donna had done, and I'll let you talk about yourself, but uh, Donna had done some uh, a long stint doing ad um, and in the brand space as a copywriter. And I, like I mentioned, I had done production and stuff like that. So that's kind of our backgrounds. Uh, yeah. And of course, there's a lot more than that, but uh, for brevity's sake, you yeah, know. Sure. I think uh, between our skill sets, because I, you know, was the mo- moment I met Nate, and it was just really serendipity too that I met Nate through another writer, which was for a need for a and uh, one of the songs that we were all augmenting for an ad brief, and so 
he showed us the work and I was like, oh my God, this guy is just crazy, amazingly great. And I really want to work with him. So I had been working a lot with Nate in the production side with other writers and really believing in him as a producer. And then that relationship started to flourish and obtaining briefs through our uh, relationships that I had with music libraries. And we're turning around things in 48 hours and it's crazy, but it's just like advertising. So I was really wired for that because I knew how to look at a brief, examine it quickly, understand where we have to go and then make a decision and run with it. And so you don't have an awful lot of time to like, you try to think things through and do it very quickly, but you have to execute and meet a deadline. And it's a very deadline driven environment. Sometimes things when you're working under tight deadlines, they don't necessarily always come easy or they're not always pretty, if that makes sense. But the end result is really what you're after is like getting something that fits what the brief is, you know, whatever they needed at that time. Um, and uh, I, when I was new to producing, uh, I was mentored by a producer who did uh, quite a bit of extensive work in like the Christian uh, in music industry and stuff. And he told me, nobody cares about the process. They only care about the end result. And that's, that's the bottom line. If you're working under a tight deadline or just working in general, I mean, obviously there's the legal side. You don't want to be sampling stuff and not reporting that and such. But whatever it takes to get to that end product it doesn't really matter. It could be the ugliest possible, <laughs> you know, work behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but I mean, there, yeah, like you were saying. I mean, there are times when when I might sing a, a song for a brief, and I'm in, in my PJs, sitting, you know, sitting at five in the morning, singing. You know, it's not always pretty, but whatever it takes to get to that end result, get it over the wall. Um, and and hopefully the client likes what they hear. That's yeah. I mean, that's the goal is to get your client to be happy. You know? And the beauty of it is, too, is that we both really trust one another within these especially tight timelines that we work within to be able to execute and bring forward. And if we need something, we're working remotely too. I'm living in Hendersonville and we're actually here in Nolansville. So uh, the, the luxury of being in a room together, which is always the best thing in a way to do because you're right next to one another, but oftentimes you are gonna work remotely and to fly ideas and you have to impeccably trust each other. So I already had this uh, level of trust with Nate as a producer. And, and I want to add to that, if you're a writer and you choose a producer or an artist to do your work, you have got to give them breathing room to take on this wonderful thought that you have, which is your song, because you want them to imprint their own self into it. So it feels extremely authentic to both the producer and also the artist, because you have some incredible happy accidents that can occur in real time. And like, oh my God, that's just amazing. And because you give them that flexibility and you're there also to sometimes guide a vision. You may have a vision, but they have visions too. And sometimes it just really propels a song to a new level. 
as long as you trust and you, because you hired them for a reason and you also have to give them that space. So uh, that's something in the learnings too. And I'm very much, I trust you impeccably and now you know you got great ears. So it's pretty fabulous. Again, the results, especially in the 48 hour windows that we've done has just been incredible. And then the other thing is too, if you everything's a risk, you don't know, it's, it's so subjective. You don't know what is on the other side of that scene. It's pacing. There's so many other elements and you don't really know because they're going to have a pool of songs to pick from. So even if your song does not get chosen for that ask, you've at least added another song that may be applicable to another ask in the mm -hmm. future. So now you're growing your catalog and your library of music to meet a client's need. It might not be that moment or that song because it gets knocked out. You know, it might be one of two, which happened to me recently with a song uh, for two weeks. We were like on edge, but the other song prevailed. So you can, you know, not necessarily get that brief or that ask, but you have to deliver. And, and it's called really, we called it an ad world client delight. I want to make sure I'm giving my client something to utilize. And at the end of the day, they have options and you typically will have them anyway. And, you know. It's, I see a lot like AdWorld. That's what, you know, so yeah. I can transfer these assets. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and I think it's so interesting, you know, the different backgrounds that the both of you have come from, yet you've created kind of like this super duo where, <laughs> you know, Donna, you, you existed in the ad space for how many years? Oh, it's over 20 years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So over 20 years of experience in the ad space and being able to look at any kind of a brief, not just, I mean, not a song brief, but literally an advertisement brief and be like, we need you to meet XYZ needs. Yeah. So the two of you craft the song and then Nate, it gets bumped to you where you actually produce all of the instruments and the music behind it. Yeah. So can you walk me through, because you keep talking about being able to turn out a fully produced song in 48 hours. This is blowing my mind from, from literally writing the lyrics, writing the progression to fully produced song, ready, mixed, mastered, and stems ready to be sent out as soon as possible. Can, so can you walk me through that process for the both of you? It's... You know, a lot of the time when it's when it's a super tight deadline, um, and forty eight hours is actually uh, comfortable for me. Like we've done them in less, and that's very <laughs> that's very difficult to do it in you know less than that. But but uh, oftentimes in that scenario, we won't necessarily get the opportunity to be in the same room. Donna could be doing you know we, we're going about our days. Uh, I'm I'm most likely working on some other song, and. Um, Donna, you've got a million things that you're doing, you know. So, so like, um, Sign we'll be, yeah, we'll be Fence doing, <laughs> we'll be doing uh, totally separate things, and then we'll get a brief, and it's like, hey, do we have enough time to work on this? Do we already have a song? And if we don't have a song, you know, can we can we create something in a in a time frame? And so, oftentimes, we'll kind of divide and conquer. I'll, Donna will take the lyric and start really working on that and she'll she'll start collecting hook ideas and things and and kind of pitching those to me like hey what do you think about this idea what do you think about that and I'll kind of weigh in but my my focus starts to be immediately like laying down some kind of track and getting some something for those lyrics to sit on top of um somehow we end up 
coordinating that. It's, it, so, it's kind it, of crazy yeah, amazing. I think, I think it's, and this is a testament to getting really comfortable with, with a smaller group of writers necessarily than writing with everybody. I mean, there's, there's a time to write with uh, people you haven't written with and stuff like that. But um, when you really know how somebody thinks, you know what they're going to like, what they're not going to like, and you know kind of the the way that they say things and all that. So it, you kind of know, kind of gets you a head start into the process. So we'll we'll kind of do that. And then um, I'll, I'll try and get her at least a, like a tempo and a chord progression of some sort. And she may have revisions or changes she wants to do. Um, but then we'll get, we'll get that kind of, as early as possible, um, hopefully within a couple of hours after we get a brief, we'll have some kind of loose progression of, of the song. That way Donna can really sink her teeth into like, what am I doing lyrically with this? Um, and oftentimes melodically. Yeah. Um, and it kind of depends. I mean, sometimes sometimes I'll, I'll take more of a, uh, a driver's seat when it comes to melodics and sometimes she'll write almost the entire lyric and melody yourself um and there are times when I'm more involved in lyric and times when I'm less involved in lyric um but ultimately you know my my main focus is production her main focus is like lyric and so we we come together we make it somehow it's kind of different every time uh in terms of uh how many times we'll bounce back and forth and then we'll get you know I'll, of course it kind of because of the nature of it there's a little bit of like, well, she's working on lyrics. Sometimes I'm not as busy. And then once she gets, once she gets me like, this is the lyric, then it's like go time for me mm -hmm. to get that finished and produced and recorded. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes in those situations, um, I find that it's easiest to record it myself um, because we don't have uh, staff writers with, with our company or anything like that. So we can't push that to to a artist or, or whatnot that we have on staff. Um, and it's not always easy to, you know, other people aren't prioritizing our company the same that we are. So they're not gonna necessarily be working at four in the morning to get something turned over. You know? right. In that regard, it's easier for me to record that. I would love to have people that I could call on and that I wouldn't feel um, like I was asking too much of them in that moment um but you know i i haven't uh i haven't made those calls yet so sure. <laughs> all a, a, a time we're, we're pretty much uh, well upstart infancy we're actually just getting ourselves really into a space where we have now acquired um over a dozen uh music supervisors that we are able to talk to directly in fact one of them was a real time in the ad agency space and which was really exciting because it happened to be a subsidiary of a WPP group, which is one of the companies I worked under the umbrella of a WPP. So now that will start giving me touch points to get a network within one of the largest ad agency entities. So uh, I've, the beauty of it is I've worked for Interpublic Group and WPP Group. And I just got like, because I was a copywriter and a, a very high level copywriter for so long. I had gotten a call from Interpublic Group and uh, it's like, you have a side hustle with music. I said, no, it's not a side hustle. I actually have a company.
at night and I can't sleep. Thoughts of you keeping me awake. Every time I close my eyes, I see you and want you by my side. So what I will be doing in early part of uh, the new year is actually trying to get inroads within the ad agency and to say, hey, this is the, what you're missing out on. If you don't have a sonic imprint of your brand, your brand is missing out because it is the overall experience. A brand in its subtotal will be the experience and a very sense-based experience. What does that brand look like, feel like? sound like, taste like it, you know, if you were going to have this superhero character, what would your brand be? Well, your brand has to have some kind of a sonic imprint so that if you're not seeing it here and you're hearing it, now you're assimilating in your mind a particular brand. So it's additional layer that they could be missing out on. So we have a lot of things to accomplish in the new year and you establish your, what is it that we want to achieve and wanting to achieve. And part of that will be is Nate started to speak of, who are the people that we can rely upon as voices? We can preemptively start crafting things because you're getting enough briefs to understand, okay, this is the kind of uh, thought that I want to, if it's an empowerment, what is a phrase that I can churn out that speaks to empowerment? Uh, what are the different layers of vibes that we want to create and sounds that we want to create? That's really the, the needs that we keep seeing routinely through a brief. So those things you can do preemptively and really work with artists that you love, artists that are easy to work with, ones that we feel like we totally click with. And you'll get to hear a couple of things today, just so you'll get to hear as we kind of preface working with artists. And what's really exciting, especially for women, is that a lot of these Briefs are coming through that are very in need of women who are storytelling of the of the essence, whether it be a brand, a scene, even in the sports arena, you are typically hearing very male stuff, but now I'm hearing an awful lot of female voices too, because you know, we are a part of the sports and we can augment and we also can exude certain sounds that maybe a male vocal will not allow for, depending on whatever it is we're yeah. delivering. And it, it's it's oftentimes based either by show or by sometimes network, but most of the time um, it's very specific to a show or a movie, uh, whether they're looking for male or female or it matters at all. But 
um, there are a lot of opportunities for female and look, of course, no further than Lizzo and you see just yeah. how that can result, yeah. you know? Absolutely. Yeah, big, big ones. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, one of the, the big sports anthems that gets played a lot now is Unstoppable by Sia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? it's. Oh, I, I mean, her. it's huge. I know she's wonderful. Yeah. She's fantastic. Just incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Well, and when you can find somebody and this is, we're always, we're always open-minded to talent, you know, cause I don't think there's a limit on, on the talent you surround yourself with and, and people who inspire you to be better at what you do. And so when you can find somebody who's an excellent songwriter, an excellent singer and an artist like Sia, mm-hmm. um, then you're going to have obviously. Uh, undeniable. Um, yeah. Un- really, un- like, <laughs> truly, truly undeniable. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah for sure. So um, can you walk us through what a brief is for some of our listeners that are maybe not, you know, super up on their lingo. What is a brief and how do you decipher it? How do you, how do you figure out where to take it? Do you want me to describe what a brief uh, is and you talk about how to decipher it? Because some of it can be all be very brief. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a brief, Sometimes too brief. Yeah. A brief, <laughs> uh, in, in essence, a brief is, a, is a list of um, criteria that they need creatively for the songwriters or the publisher to find in their catalog um, and in, in the songwriting case for you to create. It could be as specific as giving you reference songs of what it could mm-hmm. be like, as well as um, uh, telling you a little bit about the story, about the characters, what they're going through. Um, it could be, you know, they could go into uh, some, the most of the time they don't talk about a show. They won't be specific in terms of regard to this is the show. And I think there's some confidentiality with that. Um, pretty much all briefs are confidential to some extent. Um, but it could also be kind of vague. You could have, you could get a a brief that's like, we need an up-tempo song that it's modern, you know, <laughs> it's like, okay, there's, there's you know, it's like rock, up-tempo pop, you know, like, what what kind of up-tempo, you know, what are we, are we looking for male or female? Because oftentimes they'll specify that too, if they're looking for one or the other. Um, and so, you know, it, it kind of, there's a wide range of that. Obviously, we prefer more specific because it helps us meet their needs more. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, you know, you take what you can, you kind of sometimes have to read between the lines and say okay this is the you know if you have any kind of insight um this is what this word is closest connected to and and or this is where things seem to be if it's if it's an american show and they're asking for up tempo i'm going to assume they're asking for pop because pop is more popular than rock per se and so that's just kind of somewhere i go but that you know you could be totally wrong with that and you I, want to talk about the... maybe I should probably we'll talk about beautiful people. We wrote this song, and again, because I try to be like a, a critical thinker of of what I'm getting and really look at each what is it that they're looking for. Uh, a very diverse group of people who are going about their day that was part of the scene, and just some of the essence of what was written. I said, "This is Bank of America." Remember, uh, and so. We wrote this song, Beautiful People, and of course, you know, our library, they were just so excited because we turned it around, met the deadline, and then I saw the commercial not too far, and I said, 
And this is what they chose. But then again, okay, sometimes it's certain voices. You know, you have a lot of African-American voices that have a lot of great texture. And sometimes they're looking for that particular sound. Uh, Leon Bridges, you're going to get that too. So we did see a particular, I said, it was, it had to be this particular show because it actually was mirroring what we saw as a brief, which was very exciting. Yeah. We didn't get the ask. But a lot of times when they're talking about diversity, that to me is also speaking to a diverse sounding voice. Well, so you can tease out yeah. that and start and, to understand what type of things you're looking for. And also something to be mentioned is that oftentimes when they're, especially for, I mean, reefs can range from five grand to 500 grand mm -hmm. and that's this brief was more in the 500 grand range <laughs> yeah. and so yeah. when they're paying a budget like that they're looking for some kind of established and established artist um, yeah and it may or may not be the you know biggest established artist but they're looking for somebody with some kind of traction mm -hmm. uh often i see a lot of like they're looking for you know, up and coming. And up and coming really means somebody who's either got a huge yeah. uh, in, uh, social media following or somebody who's recently signed to a label has kind of the power of of that um, that marketing and that, you know, uh, whole team behind them. And so, unfortunately, there are some opportunities that, that maybe if you're, if you're, like me, you don't have a huge following and you're not, you know, signed to a, to like Atlantic Records yeah, or something, <laughs> um, then you're probably not going to get. And that, I think that was one of those situations as well is right. you, the, the artist that got it is more well established. More well established so. and has, you know, quite a bit. And yeah, so, and some people just don't have the budget. When you start looking at the, I'll give you, for example, when I was working on the Clara and brand years ago, and they had the theme was walking on sunshine. Now, walking on sunshine, if you even do any Google search, that particular song earns well over a million dollars every year. It's more than a million dollar year copyright. And sometimes I say, I was like, God, I should have had a V8. I should have been doing this a long time ago. Because <laughs> that, for a six month usage, which was locked out, meaning no other brand can use it. Again, that starts upping your value of the song and it's exclusively used for six months, high rotation. That wasn't the original artist that's singing it and it probably lowered the amount of cost because is it gonna be the original master recording or is it gonna be some other artist that's doing a rendition of that song? Well, that cost the client $250,000 for a six month usage. Now that's not an awful lot of time, but that's an awful lot of money. Right. So that gets to tell you what the value of these very iconic songs could be. You're still going to hear Walking on Sunshine synced into movies, into commercials. And that was definitively one of the learnings that I had on the inside and, and working in the ad space. So you can make quite a bit of money, artists out there, as you start growing as artists and you land yourself a big song you can have a song that will buy you a house for yourself and will continue to turn and earn. Uh, right. Yeah, so turning and earning, write Christmas songs too, because yeah. they will turn and earn. <laughs> exactly, well, and that, that brings me to, to your song, Waking Up to Christmas. Let's, let's discuss that beauty. Yeah, so 
Waking Up to Christmas was a song we wrote with a uh, we wrote together with a co-writer uh, Jan Edwards and I hadn't written with Jan in a while so it's always good to reconnect with somebody you haven't haven't touched base with in a while so we were writing together and it kind of actually it was it was not on a brief it was just a song that we did um as as writers preemptively Christmas like she was just alluding to Christmas comes around every year so writing Christmas songs is always a good idea because it's predictable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we we wrote this song and then we we didn't know exactly who was going to sing it or all that. So we once we got the song structure, we had just come in contact with an artist through another song that that Donna was hiring somebody as a, as a work for hire singer. And we really liked her voice. So we were like, let's let's try her on the Christmas song as well if she's willing and she was so um so we called her up and she did a great job on that and then halfway through the recording of it Donna mentioned well this would be a great do duet it. and so, <laughs> Let's do a so duet. yeah and, and we had talked about having a version with my voice as well yeah so I was like well that's cool because we did a whole version with her voice and then I went through and layered my voice into that song and it kind of just worked really well I yeah, actually they blended um, really well yeah so. I like that better than either individual voice because it just there's something about um having two different voices on a song that really adds energy mm-hmm. and that trade-off it just kind of keeps things even lyrically it seemed and, to have lyrically intuitively it seemed to have this nice little back and forth mm-hmm. between the two because it's more intimate uh yeah in the moment type of song so yeah. the, the beauty of that too is that now one song you have three different versions solo female if needed solo male if needed uh, uh, you know and you also have a duet but you also have a song that could be cut by any artist because they're always looking for christmas songs so mm-hmm. you have a lot of utility for one song can do a lot of i uh, we we talk in the ad agency life and this song has a lot of legs that's what you could say so you can have songs that do have a lot of legs mm-hmm. and opportunity yeah and my policy on christmas songs <laughs> or any songs is not to limit their potential you know like just be flexible with wherever a song or an opportunity or a relationship wants to go you know don't be too rigid that it has to be this or it has to be that because you'll you'll pass up opportunities that you just don't even see because you're so tunnel vision on on one thing yeah and and funny thing is is and and I studied with Patty Ryan who I totally love and and I always take her tools like you're you'll study with different people or you'll come across hit songwriters in your journey as a writer and she would always say a song will tell you what it wants to be a lot of times and even book writers will say the same things after a while it feels like the characters take over and you are just the pair of hands that are jotting down the dialogue because they will uh, you know so a song will literally tell you what it wants to be if you kind of step aside and really listen to a song it's a very interesting phenomenon but that's something that I'd share and it might click for some people and they say, oh yeah, that's so true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they do. And that was one of them, yeah. Red carpet ready, we were in That you keep from me. You're just a cameo. 
All right, so that is it for part one of our Syncology episode. Donna, Nate, thank you so very much. I cannot wait to release episode two. So just for your information, all of those songs that you heard, we had Crush It by Nate Cornell. We had Something Beautiful by Chris Monaghan and Cameo by Brittany J. Smith. All of these songs Nate and Donna wrote and produced and worked with the artists on these particular songs. So there was still more songs to come in different genres. So there's so much more happening. Part two is coming at you next week. Make sure you stay tuned. Links are in the show notes. We'll see ya. <laughs>